Hello and welcome to our podcast, Order in the Court. The podcast where every week we tell you about a different order of species and we do it with mediocre sound quality. My name is Sophia. And my name is Jody. And this week we will be talking about the order Insectivora. Are we sure it's an order? Not really. Basically the term Insectivora is used as a wastebasket for a whole bunch of different animals that just happen to eat insects. What exactly are Insectivora? Well, scientists don't know, Wikipedia doesn't know, the internet doesn't know, but I do in fact know. It is a banger song. One word, the operation chaos. That was a bit of an experience. Let's move on to some more scientific topics. Let's go to etymology. So basically, the term insectivora comes from a mashing of two Latin roots. Insectum, meaning insect, and the verb vorare, meaning to eat. With that, as I'm sure none of you intelligent listeners have been able to figure out, insectivora, mainly eat, wait for it, insects. Whoa. I know. Insectivora is the third largest order, and it is full of placenta mammals. Within this, size varies quite dramatically from 2 grams to 1.5 kilograms because, as Jody mentioned before, it is a little bit of a wastebasket and it's hard to pinpoint common features because it's all random. They are plantigrade, meaning that they walk on the soles and heels of their feet. They generally have pointed tubular noses and small eyes, which leads to poor eyesight. You mean like anteaters? No! Anteaters, while they do eat insects, have evolved from a completely different common ancestor and are part of a different order. So would that be an example of an analogous structure? Yes, it would. Insectivora, like most of us during quarantine, spend most of their time out of sight and are typically nocturnal. Due to their frequent time spent in the dark, they have a multitude of sensory hairs along their body, which amplifies their sense of touch. And to aid in communication, they also have exceptional hearing, which allows them to communicate with squeaks, grunts, and hisses. Which sounds pretty weird if you listen to a recording of it. We highly recommend you do that, but not before you go to bed. Some selenodons can even emit high-pitched frequencies, which scientists speculate being used for echolocation. And that kind of leads me to ask the question, where did these things come from? Well, Jody, they came from a womb. Oh, did they? Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure since this order is an absolute disaster, it can never be that simple. Oh, it is definitely not. Insectivores are found on nearly every continent except for Australia. Can we take a moment to appreciate the fact that these things are too crazy for Australia? Yeah. So because of this global scale, it is really hard to actually find a common ancestor and look at the way that the species have evolved within insectivora. One thing that can be agreed upon in the scientific community is that their teeth are very important adaptations. Hedgehogs generally have mortar and pestle styled teeth that help them grind up their hard shells of the food. And some shrew species, so aptly named red-toothed shrew, have an iron pigment in their teeth to help strengthen them. Now, Ceratica, which is under the umbrella of Eulophotyphla, as well as the larger umbrella Insectivora, has quite an interesting evolutionary history that dates back almost 3 million years. So, Ceratica had another subspecies, which was called the Crotosacra, and 
Due to humidity changes and climate changes during the Miocene era, the subspecies actually became extinct, opening up a lot of niches that the Ceratica could then occupy, but then they too were impacted by a cooling event, which triggered the formation of speciation and the genus Sorex because they were split into two distinct groups and evolved separately until they could no longer interbreed. Basically, if you've been around for three million years, you've seen some things. As for the rest of the order, they are said to have evolved in large part from the Batadon and pairing the sides from the Cretaceous period, which is approximately 100 million years ago. Fossils discovered in Africa can also be dated back to the Miocene era. And now it's time for everyone's favorite segment. Jody talks about the random species that she found in weird corners of the internet. This week I've got a good one for you because these insectivores are absolutely wild. We are starting off right away with the most nightmarish thing I have ever seen. It is called a moon rat. It kind of looks like something that you would use to clean your toilet with. Shaggy rat. Yeah, but it's not a rat. It is actually a part of the family that includes hedgehogs, which are typically considered cute. Its scientific name is Echinosaurix gymnura, and they are found on the Malayan Peninsula the Indonesian islands of Samutra and Borneo, and the island of Labuan. They are very creepy, they're solitary and active only during the night, and unfortunately, their bums smell like rotting garlic. Jody, that kind of sounds like the reason we were forced to take self-defense in grade 9 gym. Truly. In fact, this smell is so poignant that it can be smelled from several yards away and is said to encompass their entire body. They move at a clumsy rocking gallop. They're confident swimmers and they can close their nostrils in the water. They eat snails, small crabs, insects, and even fruit. Typically, they have two babies at a time and we think they live seven years, but we know almost nothing. Researchers have often affectionately called it a terrible mouse. It's almost like a terrible rat. Yeah, it's the disaster child of the animal community. Moving on to an animal that I actually find even more creepy because I cannot see its eyes, we have the eastern mole. This is considered a common mole. They are native to North America and they are generally considered pests in everybody's garden. They live alone. You won't see them close to each other and they're very well adapted for burrowing. They have this weird sort of fin looking hand that propels them through the earth while they dig tunnels and it's almost like a breaststroke. Because they evolved to live underground, they have very poor eyesight, part of the reason why you can barely see their eyes. They can only really see light and shadows, and they're colorblind. Their scientific name is Scalopus aquaticus. And now on to my personal favorite animal, an animal that I love, the Selendon. So the Selendon is actually a family and there are two species. They are highly, highly endangered and will probably not be around for much longer. So we should appreciate them while we can. The two species are the Cuban Selenodon and the Hispaniolian Selenodon, which is slightly bigger than its Cuban counterpart. They diverged from other mammals around 76 million years ago during the Cretaceous period and they're venomous. They have venom in their teeth, like a snake. They're not lethal to people, but their poison does cause low blood pressure in their victim and leads them to be sort of loopy and easy to catch. It's unclear whether Selenodons even live in an ecosystem where they can use their venom anymore since they're just terribly adapted to their own environment. Due to recent evidence and looking at the venom of these Selenodons, we've discovered that their poisonous cousins, the shrews, evolved their venom separately and they didn't actually come from a common ancestor. Jody, is this another example of analogous features? It is. Everybody take a shot. Some final fun facts about the Selenodons before we go. Their nose is kind of similar to a shoulder joint, and it's very, very flexible. They make bird sounds. They walk on tiptoes. And my personal favorite, they have two nipples, which are located 
on their butts. Lovely. Imagine trying to sit down. <laughs> the porcelanodons cannot sit without pain. So basically, to sum up the insectivora, one phrase. I don't know. Where did they come from? The womb of some ancient animal. Which animal? We could not tell you. What even are they? Could be an order. Could be an order that's actually an overarching name for a bunch of families that then turned into orders. I don't know. Could be a song. It is most definitely a song. And I have a love-hate relationship with that song. Don't we all? Thank you for listening. And we hope to see you on Instagram, where we have posted pictures of all of the animals that we talked about in this week's episode. At orderinthecourt.pod. Over there, you can find links to our sources and pictures of all of the other animals that we've covered on this podcast. And you guys can spend some time voting on which order we should cover next. Thank you for listening. Jury's out. I'm learning to survive On earth worms and house flies I'm learning to survive